It's week 11. Welcome into the week 11 Giants Hangouts. Giants Hangout podcast is presented by Crestron, the proud partner of the New York football Giants. I'm Madeline Burke alongside Jonathan Casillas and Brandon London. As always, guys, week 11, a little bit of deja vu going to face the Washington Commanders who we just saw in week seven. However, a little different because number one, it's at their place. Number two, we got Tommy DeVito making his second career start. Number three, Sam Howell is playing a lot better Brandon, than he was the last time these two teams faced each other. Yeah, uh, you got an offense coordinator like Eric Bieniemy. I will have all the confidence in the world and myself and my offense as well. And then we continue. Last time we had to hang out, first and foremost, how y'all doing? Last time we had to hang out with week seven, we walked in talking about the pass catchers that he has in this offense and the solid power running game. So I'd be confident as well. Uh, I think this is going to be, this game is going to be a, a real test of a lot of people being evaluated this week, JC, you know, as the player, you can look at it and be like, all right, they're four and six, we're two and eight. One, you know you're playing for your spot, not only game by game for the rest of this this year, but for where you'll be at in the NFL next year as well. So it's a big challenge for every giant on that football team player and coach, because everyone's being evaluated by someone higher up than them. But uh, this is going to be one of those games where Giants defense guys are going to have to go ahead, bring their lunch pail to work because they're going to have to get active and get after it against this commander's offense. Can't do it without a lunch pail. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to be able to keep this commander's offense to seven points like they did uh, the first time they played. Yeah. You know, I think this is a, a team that understands how to move the ball. I think Sam Howell is doing a better job of getting the ball out. I don't think – Teams, they've he's been sacked recently, but not as much. Oh yeah, as in earlier yep. in the year, the Giants had six sacks on him, but he's like before that he was averaging like five, six a game. Right, the Giants had six sacks on him in Week Seven. He's been sacked seven times then, in the right. three games since yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. yeah so they've they've done a better job in protecting him. Um, what the Giants need to do though, bro, and and I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this because you can't expect Tommy DeVito to go out and run a full functional offense, whatever that looks like, against somebody like Sam Howell, who's leading the league in passing, meaning he understands how to get the ball downfield to his receivers, and he can run the football as well. Mm -hmm. He's a real dual-threat quarterback. Um, so defensively, the Giants, I don't think Dexter Lawrence is going to have a game like he did because I remember last game, I'm sitting there like, yo, Dexter Lawrence got four sacks at halftime because he was that dominant. He, he only ended up being two. He was making light work of Nick Gates, though. Those two yeah. teams, those two were former teammates. We've all know, we all know Nick Gates quite well, too, and they were going after it. And, yeah. And I don't think Dexter's going to have another performance like that. So mm. it's going to take all of the guys to pick up the slack for not just – like I said, I don't think Dexter's going to be that dominant. It's going to be hard to replicate that again, especially because he already did it. Like, they already, they're like, you can't do the same thing to us twice. If he does, and, that's and, saying something. Oh, if he does, and, then and I mean, the Giants would be in the game. And right? that's why I say everyone's going to get evaluated. You know, whoever's next to him, can you produce like a Leonard Williams was producing, or do we have to go find someone to replace you on the outside? Kayvon, can you give us another splash game again? Aziz Ojulari. What what like what's going to keep you, you here at what? all? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like like is he playing? We shall see. We'll keep an eye on the injury report too. You mentioned Kayvon too. Uh, Coach Brian Dable mentioned earlier today that Kayvon Thibodeau and Jalen Hyatt, both who left the game with a concussion last week, are uh progressing through 
okay. uh, the concussion protocol quite quickly. They've already gotten to the next step. So they will be practicing today, Thursday with no contact. Yeah, um, so so I speak optimism I'm, for Kayvon and Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, I speak as if these guys could play or possibility. Mm -hmm. But again, even if they don't, it's the opportunity for somebody else to step in. It's time to stick around, JC. It's not like you go. I'm a, I'm a bubble guy. I'm, so that I'm sorry. That's that's what I'm too. thinking right now. If I get that opportunity to get up in there for a Kayvon or for a Dory Jackson or something, you don't have to worry about coach. I ain't thinking about Caleb Williams. I ain't because because I'm not thinking about that at all. I'm thinking about trying to pay a light bill next week. Right. And stick around. So I don't think guys are going to go out there and try and tank or guys aren't going to go out there and play with the emotion or anything like that. It's just you have to be smart because you could get greedy at times like that when you're trying to make too many plays or you're trying to show up on tape too much. You just got to go out there, relish the opportunity, go make some plays. And at the end of the day, still find a way to have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's that's the hardest part because – in any sport, fun equals wins. Wins equals fun. Yeah. You know, and the Giants really haven't had that much fun because they really haven't won that much. Yep. And they haven't, I feel like, done, like, executed a complimentary football game. Like, even with the two wins, that still was two quarters in the Cardinals game in the second half, two quarters against the Commanders in the first half because the yeah. Giants have scored no points in the second half versus the Commanders. Right, that's true. You know, so the Giants have to figure out a way – in order for you to get back to that fun, it, it requires you to play good football. You know, it requires you to to execute situationally, which I feel like the Giants haven't done this year. I think last year, I think the quarterback play was a lot better overall because you got three quarterbacks that played this year. Excuse me. Last year was just Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones last year was better than this year's Daniel Jones. Well, and last year there were moments yeah. in which Daniel Jones went out. He went out, remember that game, then Tyrod came, came in. Tyrod had to go out. Saquon yeah. played quarterback for a couple plays, wow. you know. <clears throat> they were drawing up plays in the dirt. So there, yes, but but it, in a macro level, you're right that there's more um at the quarterback position this year, too. It's also curious to me when you look at the way the offense has been, because you mentioned you gotta have fun to win, you gotta win to have fun. It's such a catch 22 mm -hmm. kind of goes around in circles. Um when you've got so many changes, offensive line being changed up this much, quarterback being changed up this much, guys coming in and out with injuries so much, first down. down, having an identity mm -hmm. is kind of hard to come by. I mean, yep. Wayne Martindale was talking about this earlier today and saying, you know, when you've got next man up, yes, next man up mentality, next man comes and does the job, but you can't expect the next man up to do the exact same job the guy in front of him did because that skill set is slightly different. That skill set is slightly, maybe this guy is stronger in here and this guy's stronger in there. So you kind of have to curtail it to the personnel on the field. Yeah, but yeah. when that's well, happening well, so frequently, does that mess with a team's identity? It, 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 not just the frequency of it, but where it's happening at. Right. You got your quarterback, both both of your top quarterbacks down, mm -hmm. out for right right now. They're both out. The first game of the year, you lose arguably your best player on offense in Andrew Thomas. Mm -hmm. You know, Saquon went down for a few weeks. So it's, it's not that the it wasn't like they had so many different injuries. They had a lot of different injuries at very crucial spots. Mm -hmm. And then now you're losing Leonard Williams. That's another guy who, like, you, you can't replace a guy with 10-plus years of experience still playing at a high level. With anyone. And not just on the defensive line, but on that mm -hmm. side of the defense. You saw Kayvon's production drop off with the absence of Lex yep. Leonard Williams as well. But we can use it as a talking point, not an excuse. 
Right. And that, since that's the mindset you got to have. I'm with you. It's an opportunity. Yeah. I'm it's with an you. Oppor- yeah. It's an opportunity. And although, like, that's like, let's, let, let's, that's like my year 07, a practice roster. If Plaxico Burst went down, let's say me coming off the practice roster to replace a Plax, I understand. Hey, being around this dude since 2007, I ain't Plaxico Burst skill set wise. <laughs> I did, that dude did some stuff like out there on the field. But, that t- it's, it's not about like me personally having to pick up that slot. It may have to be Webby, Corey Webster, getting an extra INT or two yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that mentality, I know it's a lot harder to say it. It's a lot harder to go out and do it because at the end of the day in the NFL, JC, like they say, they get paid too on the mm-hmm. other side. So, um, but it's just, when you look at it and the giants have still been in the, some of these games, Miami, they're up for you're you're hanging with Miami. You should have beat the Bills, should have beat the Jets. These are games that you're still in, that guys are still plugging and playing, and you're still having somewhat success in. But but again, to have that fun, you got to get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. To have that fun, you got to get it done. Put that on a bumper sticker, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Hey, I was twice if you're having fun. I was was talking to Schmelk earlier. And I was giving them like a personal example of like me not giving 110% very rarely in my career, but it happened, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think I was a guy that you can never question my effort, Mm -hmm. but there's a difference between giving a 90, 100%, which on film doesn't look any different than 110%. But I feel like the guys here, they're not giving 110%. And that could be a whole bunch of different reasons why they're not good. Self-preservation, which I think is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to try not to get hurt and all that stuff, yeah. contract situations, all that good stuff. And it's just like you said, it's not fun. Like it's not like it's not like not enjoyable. When you're getting your butt kicked, that's not enjoyable. Right. No. And 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 no. it it is really, really hard to say, I'm gonna go above and beyond, you know, and and I I got called out when I was in um at Wisconsin my senior year I was hurt and it was like two plays in practice mm-hmm. that was opposite side of the field uh uh BT uh BL sorry BT um it was opposite side of the field and I didn't get off the block and run you know mm-hmm. but and I'm like why are you making a big deal out of this and I really had to think about it I was a guy that was known for running guys down from behind mm-hmm so with that being said, there's other guys like that on the team. What are you known for? Like, what are you, or do you have, a, are you making sacks? Like, are you running guys down? Like, if you decide that I'm going to not give my 110% on one play, who knows what you could have done in that play. Right. Yeah. And I think you have a collective group of guys that's not selling out. That's not going above and beyond their actual job, which is required, mm-hmm. I think, to have success in the NFL on a consistent basis. You've seen it here and there, but it's really hard when you're losing and it's like, oh my God, same thing happening again. Oh my God, we can't stop these guys. Yeah. It's really hard to give that 110. I'm I'm not talking about guys giving 100 because everybody gives 100%, most people at least. Yeah. But that extra, like Max Crosby, he doesn't play at 100. He plays at 110. You know what I'm saying? Like, Max Crosby plays at 110. Even, like, with what we do, everything. You know, you come in, you put together the work, you come in and do a show and all this kind of stuff, and it's like, you can start to feel it if, you know, when the team's not doing well and people aren't watching as much because, you know, fans are like, oh, you know, this is hard for me. It's harder. It becomes harder to prepare when you realize that you have 
you know, less of an audience yeah. this. I can imagine player. It's human nature. You know, you know that fans, you can feel the energy when fans leave in the building in the third quarter, you can feel that like people outside don't care. And just like, what is this for? And that's why, you know, you guys know, you always get asked, what's your, why, why do you do this? Why do you do that? Cause you got to keep coming back to that. Yeah. It's all these external validations when a team isn't doing well, start to fade off into the distance. You, can't you, gotta, you sure. can't rely on that. You got to come back to your, why your North star of like, why do I work hard? Why do I prepare? Why do I grind tape as much as I do? Why do I do this week in and week out? And it has nothing to do with if the fans are still in the seats when the clock hits zero at the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, we so we should kind of like ease up on them a little bit because we do it within our own lives. It's just so exactly. happens that they're out there on the field in front of 84,000 people and like right. we get, you know, and that. So, I mean, if we just think in our own lives, like Madeline, we've had talks and stuff. It was like, oh, we should be posting more on social media. I should be mm -hmm. at the gym more to consistently be doing, I guess, the right thing or going at 110. Yeah, You need momentum and you right. need that energy to keep you going on 110 because a lot of people 110, two days of 110 or two players of 110 and you're lot. not getting the results you want. You're like, well, walk yeah. into the huddle, the play yeah. and the celebration if we score on it. Right? But you're <laughs> you not get, if you're not I'm getting saying. the results you want, if you're not seeing, like, if you're spending time in the gym and you're not seeing those cuts that you yeah. want to get and all of a sudden you're like, Psh, what is this for? Why do I, you know, I'll just go for a quick little half hour on the elliptical, yeah. call it a day. I think that's something that is is human nature like you said Brandon in everyone's life and so it's hard to be like oh well these guys need to go harder and this and that the, the, it's human nature to say like hey this it's it gets harder to rise to the occasion when all the external validations start to fade away yep but this is where I come to like the self-preservation deal yeah it's like if you're not giving that 100 to 110 percent you're not going to be in the league that much longer. Yeah, like yeah. it's a production business and it goes with teams and also individual players as well. The, the team success has a lot to do with their record, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Your production has everything to do with you and what you're doing on the field yeah. and your longevity, how you stay in the league. It's all about you. Your team could be terrible for 12 years. If you're playing at a high level, you can play 12 years in the NFL. Right. But if you start dipping down, you start looking different on film, you're not the same guy anymore, whether that's effort or lack of ability or injuries, whatever the case is, physically that you know limit, limited you, you will be evaluated every single time you step on the field. So at the end of the day, yeah, your team is probably not going to go to postseason, <laughs> most likely not going anywhere. That mischievous laugh. But that's, the self-preservation should be prevalent there it yeah. has to be because you won't play you won't get an extension you won't get another deal they won't keep you here if you don't play well like they're gonna look back last year was different they looking back and seeing like oh we got a good team a playoff team a playoff winning team mm -hmm. what pieces could we add on to this already team that we already have after this year is gonna be like okay who do we need to get rid of to move forward that is a different perspective when you make the playoffs and when you're at the bottom, possibly picking at the top of the draft. Or it's like when you're renovating a house. Okay, where are the bones? Where's the structure that we're going to keep? And what are we renovating, right? What walls are we keeping? What rooms are we, it you know? It wasn't no renovation last year. It yeah. wasn't a renovation last just year. It was just, oh, let's pieces. just redecorate yeah, a little bit. Now no, it's a full-on renovation. Full we were from like the church of football scientology to real estate john kate plus eight like we out here this <laughs> and this is, is why ladies and gentlemen um <laughs> out, but but when you but when you talk about that ownership and, and that accountability like players have to go through you got to look at it in terms of for players to be evaluated 
coaches got to be feeling the same way as well. Yeah. Especially when you think offensively, I'm thinking as a receiver right now, a guy like Isaiah Hodgins, a guy like Wandell Robinson to where Darius Slayton, I want to put some stuff on tape to whether I'm going to be here or I'm going to be elsewhere in a future game. We got seven games left coach. I understand we down to the third dude, but let Booby spin, like let him tell yeah. him to throw it. Cause that receiver, the only way I, you can all you can all day, hey, hey, Isaiah Hodges, good block. You can you can tell me good block all you want, but that's not gonna get little Hodges fed. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, it's like that has to come to like for coaches, and you see the passion between a Slayton and a Shepherd on the sideline. I don't look at that as those two guys. Like there's a division within uh, the locker room in terms of players. I look at as two guys who man, I need I I need this rock. I yeah. need this eval. And that's not also- being selfish. It's just, hey, I can help this guy out. Let me get, in terms of Tommy DeVito, let me let me get that, let me get that call. Call it's me also and too, tell like, him to throw that. A- accountability though, right, Brandon? Because it's like, if you and your teammates, right? When you don't care, you're not saying anything. But if you care about your teammate, you care about somebody who's like, hey, da, 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 let's have this conversation. Let's yeah. have it. And it gets heated because both people care, because both sides care. It's like any interpersonal relationships. You fight with the people you care about. If you don't fight with people, that's probably because you don't care enough. And then that if they were on the if they were on the bench, laid back, laughing, eating sunflower seeds, that would be a problem. That would be a problem. You want to see you want to see people involved in a two and eight team a little pissed off. Yeah, you want to see that because that means they care and they want and expect better from themselves and their teammates. Yeah, and then I like the 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 visuals that I was seeing from Shep and Slayton. Cause at first it was like, all right, what's going on over there. Yeah. And then afterwards you heard exactly what happened. Of course they don't, they ain't going to give you everything, but Slate was a set was, was upset. And Shep was just there to kind of, you know, talk him off the ledge a little bit, you know, because yeah. Slayton's a little bit younger. He, he's a vet, but he's still a little bit younger than yeah. Shep. Shep was in the league when I was playing, bro. Shep's, he got some years in, He's also been through the highs and the lows. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was on a team that beat Dallas twice back in 2016, and I, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, he scored a touchdown in that opening. Yep, and that was that his rookie year, first game. If I'm not mistaken, he scored a touchdown. Yeah, so he's year. been at the highest level of success, and he's also been at a low. And I feel like right now he might be in that low spot where he's not playing that much, coming off an injury. He's a full dad, bro. Like full two kids, like. He's, you know, like got divorced, like, bro, like this dude done been through so much. That's why you keep a guy like that on your roster to help you out with these younger guys. And then who got the ball at the end to score a touchdown on an amazing route? Yeah. Sterling Shepard, because he's been through the lows. He understands how to push it at 110%, even when you're losing. And and I would just, I, I got off with uh, Lance. I said John, but I got off with Lance. And Lance was talking about the younger guys like not knowing any better, so they're still trying. It's like, that's not the case. I think guys that been through stuff like Shep has been through, mm-hmm. you know, kind of been on the fringe of making this team the last couple, couple years because of being injured, he understands the importance of every single play and your mindset between plays. 
in between drives. And you got to have that right mindset, that right energy to stay in the game for four quarters. Yeah. Especially when you're losing bad. But I also think yeah. I, I don't want to be reductive of what Darius Slayton has been through. I mean, they, they've they seen ups and downs. Oh, 100%. That's correct. But that's why Darius Slayton had to he take knew a, he could talk to him. But Slayton had to take a pay cut to stay yep. on the roster and then does so and produces well enough to take, you know, to get to earn himself a good contract. And so he's seen some ups and downs too. I think it's just sometimes in that moment, you need to be reminded by people. Sometimes you're, you know, as much as you know or or can connect but with take, the the highs and the lows and keeping it here. Take Sterling out of the out of the the camp the the, the Giants team. Who's going to talk to Slayton in that situation? You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying like, yeah. Shep was the guy because there was nobody else besides Slayton with more experience in that room, let alone any other room. Yeah, you know, yeah, on the I offense. Get that. You know in, what I mean? In this organization, in this yeah. organization, so yeah. guys like Shep, Pugh, Leonard Williams, guys that have like nine ten years of play no matter how their play is on the field people respect them right because of their body of work you know what i mean so people you want guys like that in your locker room because they might not be the most talented but they're the most tenured they're the most experienced and they've definitely been through the most mm -hmm. out of anybody just because of the years that they've been in the league and that offers validation when they speak when they speak it offers you know that validation so when you have a pew talking to Evan Neal or Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas is the most talented guy at left tackle in the league. He's listening to Pew when he talks. Yeah. You know, no and, matter what, he's going to those dinners that he, that he's making, you know, not making them, but that, he, that he got guys yeah. going to. So I like that. And you need somebody to supplement Leonard Williams, whether that's Dexter, whether that's Xavier, guys that have, you know, adequate experience in the NFL. Because you, you, you can't forget – that it's not just the play of Leonard Williams; it's also the presence of Leonard Williams. Yeah, and I think you're feeling that. Bro, you got you got to move on. You got to move on from that, though. You keep saying his name, like he in a whole other time zone now. Like you I'm can't, with you. But somebody someone's got to step up. They got to do it now. They got to do it. They got to do it yesterday, or they yeah. got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't mean like you know you know what I mean? Like someone 100%. has should have. Well, it's like with anything, you know, that, give yourself that role by now. Yeah, you give yourself that period of time to grieve it. Say, wow, this is a bummer. We miss him as a guy. We miss what he brought to the line. We miss what he brought to the defense. You give yourself that time and you're like, all right, now let's keep it pushing because you got to keep moving forward. And one one last thing on the Shep Slayton thing. Another uh, another imagery I saw that was a positive was who'd you see right there behind those two? Jalen Hyatt was walking right Jaylen behind. Hyatt. Yeah. So now the young guy who could be the future here yep. you know I, I i certainly think he's going to be the future here now he gets to see that now he's seeing the og shep it's funny calling shep the og now he gets to see the og passionately speaking to a guy that's put in his work here that yep. deserves to kind of air his grievances out so now the young guy sees it and he's like all right that's going to be me one day i'm at the i'm at the bottom i've come in and it's like at the bottom of where everything is at I want to get to having the respect to be able to speak up like that and calm one of my brothers down. And again, I've been in the Giants receiver room. You know, Plaxico Burris and Amani Toomer made sure the culture was implemented. Like it says with the Steelers, the standard is the standard. And mm -hmm. in that Giants receiver room, it's the same thing. You work your ass off, you block, you make big plays, and you and you're a great teammate. That's the standard in that receiver room. So yeah. it was good to see Jalen Hyatt there. Hopefully he takes some of that and we'll keep an eye on how his leadership grows throughout the course of his career. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, hoping that he's good and healthy and back on the field 
uh, as I mentioned earlier in the, in the show, you know, dealing with the concussion, so many guys, so many injuries, but this is a good one. You know, I mean, Washington is a team getting back to Sunday's game too. Washington's a team that the giants have done well. I mean, they've won the last two games. They tied one last year as well. Saquon's had great games against the commanders against Washington. Uh, you know, you go, I mean, is a different Washington team than we saw in week seven. Uh, Wing Martindale was talking about how Sam Howell has improved the quarterback position, comparing it to the way that Bobby O'Karake has ascended at the mic. Like, mm. and he's like the way that we've seen Bobby O'Karake really rise this through the course of the season in that Mike linebacker role is the way that he says Sam Howell has improved at the quarterback position. Now, I don't know, you know, Wink has always been very complimentary of opposing teams and players and such. Um, but when you look at the way that Sam Howell has played of late, and the, the task for this defense going up against that team as well. When you're trying to go two and zero against Washington and and trying to get another division win on the season, is that what's this team's biggest challenge? Um, I think the the Giants. Yeah, the, the Giants. You have to get your players to play. You know, like Dexter Lawrence has to play at a high level and be dominant. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to be able to do replicate what he did the first game because that was like he was in the backfield every play. I don't know if that's going to happen. But even if he gives that valiant effort to mm-hmm. do so, the attention that he will draw to him will allow other guys to play well. To be I'm, six in pressures in the league at nose tackle is incredible. It's insane. insane. And the thing is, he doesn't really play that much at the three technique. He plays right over the ball. Right. And that's like, there's guards there. Like, there's a lot going on there. So for him to be to, to be that destructive, I mean, that's, that speaks a lot to him. But the the Giants need to play well defensively mm-hmm. because you I don't I can't expect Tommy DeVito. I love the kid. He's a Jersey guy, Don Bosco. Like I'm a fan of his because he's living the dream, bro. We both undrafted, bro. He's, he started his first start was against the Dallas start, Cowboys. You started in the star. You started, like come on, and he scored two touchdowns. Started like I'm star. I'm all for this kid because I mean. I'd rather him over Barkley. I don't know what Barkley's going to bring, but I'll pick my Talk jersey. About Matt guy. Barkley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll yeah. pick my jersey guy over anybody that ain't Tyrod Taylor or Daniel Jones right now. But the, I can't expect him to score more than 14. I can't. I can't expect him to score more than 14. So I think the Giants, I don't know if they can hold them to seven, but the Giants defensively need to keep this team contained offensively. They can't allow Sam Howe to throw the ball all down the field. And if they do, Get tight in the red zone. Get good on third downs because they are pretty decent in the red zone. The Giants need to keep tightening up on the red zone, and they need their primetime players to make primetime plays. I called Dexter Lawrence out. I know he don't listen to this, but I called him out. He balls. This is important viewing, JC. Everybody watches and listens to this show. So next up, I want Xavier McKinney to have himself a day because that's somebody that Mm -hmm. really hasn't had one of those, man, you see McKinney today? Two turnovers, 10 tackles. Like, he really hasn't had one of those days. And I think he's capable of doing it. And I think in order for the Giants to have success, they need big plays, Mm -hmm. stops, and possibly points out of the defense this week. Possibly points. And, Brandon, as we come to you on your change of location, uh, what do you think? What do you think is the number one key for the Giants getting a win in Washington this week? Uh, I think attacking the perimeter in the passing game again. these commanders, you lost Montez Sweat and you lost Chase Young. You get Andrew Thomas back. The offensive line should be a lot better against this front seven than what it was week seven when they had dogs on their front seven. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, Tyrod Taylor and the Giants pass game hit five uh, plays over 20 yards, big plays in the passing game. 
Uh, I think that was the first half alone. If I'm Tommy DeVito, I, you you have to attack that. You have to exploit that. They're going to stack the box to try and stop Saquon Barkley. They're going to make you throw the ball. Hey, you got the guys on the on the outside. You've thrown with them enough. You've been in practice with them enough. And the fact that Brian Dable kept the starting that starting offense out there on that last drive to get some more game reps together to make sure that you guys get game reps so you're not looking foolish out there going forward. Because yeah. Tommy DeVito, this could be – you could be the starter for the rest of the year if you play well enough. Mm-hmm. And, J.C., again, as undrafted guys, just think of what that does to your NFL career if you can start for the New York football Giants for eight games in your rookie year. So, again, we, we kind of – we can speak selfishly in a way from time to time, but undrafted guys, we got family. My man's eating at home. He's sitting at home with his mama right now. Mama. Mama's making his bed. Mom, meatloaf. That's, Mom, but you know what? Meatloaf. But you know what? That just gives him that much more time and energy. If he's not wrestling with the fitted sheet, yeah. he can think, spend that much more time that breaking down the defense. Fitted sheet, sheet is dangerous. It's dangerous. <laughs> Show me someone who could fold a fitted sheet and I, man. I just go like this and throw it. Yeah, just roll it up real tight oh, and this yeah. and that, whatever. Tuck, tuck and all that. Uh, listen, also, before we go, I just I feel a little bit left out. I just want to remind everyone that all three of us on this show are undrafted in the NFL. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did not win any Super Bowls, but you know, that's OK. That's OK. <laughs> no, but I, I'm part of the crew, too. Right. <laughs> hey, just the fact that you can be open about it. You know, that no, shows growth. You. Hashtag growth. Hashtag growth. Um, all right. Well, that's a wrap for our show today. Uh, it's week 11 giants commanders 1 PM in Washington, the giants hangout podcast presented by Crestron, a proud partner of the New York giants. Thanks so much for listening as always for Brandon London, Jonathan Casillas. I'm Madeline Burke. We'll see you next time.